The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> I don't usually have them though. Stop talking. You don't have headphones, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 neither of us used to have headphones. The difference is you've noticed something, that which was that them. I have headphones. Oh, okay, I feel left out. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I could just, I could get you a set of headphones, you could just put them on, but they would not be plugged in because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> no. So if you just felt like you wanted to wear headphones, no, I want to make sure like in that case I'm not like paparazzi took a photo of us and we were both wearing headphones, <laughs> but we're not taking callers or anything. I'm if, not going to any sound effects, so you won't actually If you hear them. me pushing my voice, just tell me. Yeah, well, I'm that's, working on it. That's basically why I'm wearing them now oh. is like basically, you know. For you. Well, I mean, just for the idea that, yeah. like, somebody did suggest to me, Mark Marin it was, let, let's be honest. Oh, by the way, hello, welcome to Fofop, I'm Thank Will you. Anderson, and oh. uh, joining us, is, <laughs> you, you haven't been on for a while, is our uh, guest Charlie Clawson, Jen Kirkman. Hello, Hi, Jen. everybody. Hi. Uh, I went on Mark Marin's, uh, well, no, Mark, I did not go on Mark Marin's podcast. I was about to go, like, I was on Mark <laughs> Marin's podcast, you know, like the president was, yeah, but I no. wasn't. What He did yours. I yeah. listened to that one. He did mine, but I sat in the chair that I would have sat on in if he was, uh, you know, interviewing oh. me for WTF and he recorded it so it was kind of like it's kind of right just yeah. randomly in the conversation I should have started answering questions about my life <laughs> and just being like well Mark what I really want to talk to you about is this beef we had backstage in Montreal say, tell him about some time that you guys had an issue I do I do remember the first time I met Mark Maron mm. and it was backstage in uh it was backstage in um uh, Montreal at Just for Laughs uh-huh. and uh, Aziz Ansari. I remember this. And it was like that what, that club soda gig, you know, that one? Oh, yes. The, where they pretend a comedy club is in a... Right. So, right? I think that, yeah. So, um, uh, and he, like, Aziz does this, like, bit. It was really funny. It was about the thread count of sheets. A very Aziz sort of, like, oh. you know, piece of material. And it was, like, very kind of high roller, high baller, but it was all about, you know, yeah. the, the thread count of sheets. And I, and it was fucking funny. Like, it was a really funny you – know, you know when you see someone for the first time and yeah. you're like – Oh, yeah, all right. This is like you've got an attitude. I immediately understand what your point of view is. It's yeah. a little bit unique, but you're kind of talking about this like other thing. Like it was still – I mean I still think like one of the best things that I've ever seen him do. You know? Yeah. Like I don't always love everything that he does, but this was like a perfect bit of stand-up was, yeah, material. Yeah. And then <laughs> I it, can only it guess. was made only more perfect, the icing on what was already a beautiful cake. And this is – I think this is the thing that we don't examine enough, which is like you don't you can sometimes get joy out of two simultaneous things that seem like they're competing because the the the, the way Mark Marin like then and again the, I don't mean this to be disrespectful to Mark it was just very Mark like picked apart like you know he, like as this has come off stage like killed. was he like are you talking about thread counts now right yeah I know right you could just tell that's what he's about to say and it was like. <laughs> It was this moment that was complimentary. Like it was, right. he was being like, if you if you were reading the transcript, right, right, like out in court, if they were rereading it, there wouldn't maybe not even been anything that you could have gone. It seemed like he was complimenting him and asking him about his work, but the tone was, yeah. And I enjoyed both bits. I'd love totally. the material, and I loved. He didn't do it on stage, though, did he? No, the, no, no. The, oh, this okay, was okay. like uh, just backstage. Okay. I was like sitting in the corner, some guy that neither of them knew, just watching like this drama, this human sort of like yeah. you know, drama play out, and loving every <laughs> fucking moment of it. Just watching two generations. Well, and I knew Mark Marin too. Yeah, yeah. So I'd got to see Mark Marin be ultimate Marin. Like what you knew of Marin was yeah. that he was like you know this grumpy guy who was not going to like anybody, oh. and then you just seen it happen. You you know, it's my relationship with him has always been funny and strange because I didn't know who he was before I met him. So I had no preconceived notions. Uh-huh. So it's almost as though you see those little chihuahuas go up to a pit bull and they don't know they're not the same. Right. And so I had a lot of Marin. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of Marin 
in me naturally. I think uh-huh. you're just born, you know, in one of the five categories of certain kind of comics. So when I was starting out in Boston, while he was in New York, you know, ruling the scene there, I had no idea that was going on. Right. And I started just out of total insecurity, smoking and sitting on a stool. That was my first set. Uh And then I realized a cigarette takes five to seven minutes to smoke, which Uh is usually the amount of time you get as a starting out comic. And that became my thing. And then I, you know, I was more, I really didn't think it was a thing. I mean, Dennis Leary had done a smoking thing, but but sitting on a stool, I, I don't know. I thought maybe it was like Lenny Bruce or so. I don't know what I thought I was. Definitely had some Lenny Bruce. You thought damage. you were cool. I thought it was cool. That's what you thought. you Arguably, were. I may have been. I mean, I still have that immature thought that that's not that uncool. But anyway, so I go to New York, and I go to Luna Lounge, and I see Marin uh-huh. on the stool smoking, and I'm thinking instead of oh my god. If I get a spot here someday, I'm going to look like an asshole who's ripping him off. I instead, with all the confidence of a 22-year-old, think, yeah, that's like me too. And so when he gets off stage, I'm like, do you have a cigarette? Because you could smoke inside then. And he just looked at me like, so almost. I almost disarmed him because he couldn't believe that someone was just like talking to him as though he wasn't frightening. And he was like... <laughs> and then we were like, never had an issue. We've never had a fight or like a weird thing. And he just, I remember he just like did that thing with his chin and he's like, oh, you think it's cool to smoke? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And then he was like, okay. He looked like he was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. But then he handed me one. He's like, I'm not smoking it with you though. I go fine with me. And then that was it. And then I wasn't like, trying to I just wanted a cigarette but I didn't want to leave the place and buy one I watched this uh, television <laughs> series that has just started called uh, Lucifer and essentially the plot is like the devil like you know <laughs> has, has come has come to earth and he can still kind of control people in the way that like you know into their bad decisions and lead them into like you know yeah. this sort of thing and then out of nowhere like literally this is the plot line in the pilot of this TV show he meets this girl that like his powers don't work on and of course he's immediately intrigued by this woman and that's they are hilarious. equals now now that's what you did you had yeah. a plot line to oh. lose the moment they ripped that someone, off by the way someone is going to transcribe this and be like Jen Kirkman thinks by the way he never hit on me. It was not anything like that. B, C, D, E, and F. We became close friends. I was old friends with his wife, whatever. Long story short, by the time I did earn a spot at Luna, I felt self-conscious enough to not do the sitting on the stool thing. So I stood on stage and like had a cigarette, but then was too afraid to smoke out of it. So I would just, you just see me holding one for the entire duration of my set. But I think I organically was a similar kind of comic. And then unfortunately, and I say this with love, thought it was cool to be angry at the establishment and make fun of other people. So I was kind of that person for a while because I really modeled myself after his off-stage persona, which but by the way, may like, not have been the best idea, but I, it, it, it didn't matter. I think if you let that shit eat you up, it's not like a positive thing. But is there some value in making fun of the establishment? Fucking yes. Oh, we're, of course. I mean, we're comedians and anyone who ever gets too precious about the yeah. idea that like you're like, well, this is what we do. If we don't do it to each other, we're fucking hypocrites in some way. As long as well, you don't yeah. let that shit burn you up. Well, here's an example and I won't say what we said off air, but I was telling Will off air about a certain establishment that that helps me very much <laughs> and they don't want me to use some artwork that I want to use and it's fine. And it's, and it's sort of like I'm at a point in my career where – Um, they make me money, I make them money and I have a career and it's okay for me to think of them as either if I fought back, it would be appropriate. It would be a big uh, misstep on my part, but it would be appropriate. And if I don't fight back, I'm not getting shanked up the butt. I'm just sort of going, well, that's their thing and I get it. Uh, but back then when I was anti-establishment, I was two years into comedy and Basically, the undercurrent was, I'm angry, I'm not famous, I hate television. I loved television. All I wanted was to be part of television. And so it was that kind of, you have to have a certain amount of experience, I think, to hate the establishment. You at least have, have to have had to work within it. Yeah, but so, I, I reckon, you know you, I mean? I, yeah, but, I, but the thing is that you're much more black and white with your opinions when you start. 
Of course. Like you and hide, thank God you there was the, no internet. Uh, That's uh, all I'm blessed the best, with. The I would have been tweeting like I wouldn't be doing comedy. Things. Oh no. I wouldn't be, be doing comedy anymore because like I would have said something <laughs> among the many things that I said on stage or did or oh, thought yeah. or wore or oh. thought was appropriate or fucking whatever it is that I did. That's why a long time ago, that episode that you did with Dave, where you read your first poster. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember it's, you know how they say that um, when you experience trauma, it, it's something you remember because something physically happens to you while the, the mental thing is happening. Like, I feel that feeling. I know exactly where I was when I was listening to that podcast episode and I feel the feeling when I think about it and I'm uncomfortable because when I was hearing it, I was taking me back to how I used to behave and the attitude that came out in that poster is also for me, the attitude of a person and how they behave 24 seven walking around on earth. And I'm just so thankful that there was only flip phones when I was doing that because I'm bad enough now. Imagine 22 year old. Oh, the thoughts I had. I mean... <laughs> It's interesting the world we live in now, though, because also things like scandal and those sort of things mm -hmm. like move so quickly. Like I had a few along the way. Like True. the interesting thing yeah. in the transition period is I had a few that these days would have been 24-hour things and no one would ever remember them. But those kind of scandalous things, all those things you could beat up into an outrage, like they they were bigger then. Yeah. Like I've noticed the interesting thing about my life is often somebody will now come up to me and go, oh, someone wrote something mean about you on the paper, blah, blah, blah. And it was like three weeks before and yeah. I just never heard about it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like you know, like the the column in the the Australian newspaper, which is this like conservative newspaper mm -hmm. in Australia that loses thirty million dollars a year that Rupert Murdoch pretty much just pays for, so he can pollute the Australian populace Ooh. with his ideas while he doesn't pay tax in our country, like a great Australian. Oh, oh he's not Australian anymore; he's an American. That's right. He gave up his citizenship. He for business. did. Oh, he's a poison. He's the greatest poison that we've ever. I mean, I know he's horrible, but who would give up um, citizenship to other countries? I mean, I'm he's fascinated with well that. for money because that's all he's ever been motivated by. <sighs> Anyway, anyway, so he has this uh, fan fiction mm. uh, <laughs> magazine that he, but he started That's the club himself hilarious. and that he pays for, and he has all these kind of like right wing crazy. And what is the name of it again? It's called the Australian. The Australian, okay. Yeah. And it's like oh, I think I subscribed to it on Twitter. So uh, anyway, I'll, I'll unsubscribe. Uh, so the Australian newspaper that uh. I am just like like it's essentially their editorials are the same every day where they just like pick someone, yeah, yeah, and then they just cut and paste in why they don't like this person, and it's for the <laughs> same reason they didn't like the other person from yesterday but so sometimes that's me like what did you, know, you do i mean just occasionally i mean you know i'm just everything they don't like really right you, know? you like, don't hate gays right you maybe <laughs> smoke a little pot yeah yeah totally. yeah. yeah yeah you wear All headphones and don't offer any to your guests i mean that one i did agree with i mean yeah <laughs> so, sometimes they have a point I mean, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm the first to admit that sometimes the fucking criticism, it's interesting to me the other day, I'll give you a little example, uh -huh. uh, is um, uh, this a woman uh, like uh, wrote in on my Facebook page about coming to see me in a show last year and a show that had gone very well. Uh -huh. But she talked about how like the way that I was dressed and like the amount that I was drinking, she felt like it was really disrespectful to the audience. Wait, so, hold, hold, hold. Is this an American comic club show or is this no, a, no, no, no. This was in Australia. And was this I was, a I Melbourne was, festival show? No, I was in Perth okay. and I was a bit surprised because like, wow. you know, I've been you know, dressing badly and drinking heavily for years. <laughs> Wait, dressing badly, it. don't you always just wear the same thing? Uh, I was a bit more comfortably dressed this night. I remember okay. it specifically. Um, but anyway, like, yeah. but the fact that she kind of had thought that it would, that the message that it sent was that uh, you don't give I was that I didn't give a shit was like, like that's the sort of thing that I'm like, even though that's the furthest from the case that it could possibly, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's part of the performance, you know, that and that it's meant to be part of the performance, right? Like a Ron White. And if I thought it was, his and if I thought hand. it was making the performance worse, yeah. then I wouldn't, you know, do it. Like, but but yeah. the fact that it was being perceived that way is still something that I like to go. All right, well, okay, I can kind of take that on board and you know make sure that that isn't the perception that's going out there. Yeah, because there's a way to do it. Like you can own it. Like. I'm the dude, you know, this is my night out too. I'm the right. dude that's having a beer with you guys. And maybe you don't have three on stage. You have one, I don't know, whatever. Right. Not that you did, but No, yeah. I, I possibly did. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think, I, I think about that too. Like sometimes people are totally right. And you're like, well, you're wrong about how much I cared, but you're right that you that, perceive that could something. be perceived in that way. Yeah, yeah and that's fine. Like yeah. I'm, I, I, and I can take both those things. Yeah. I can be cool with the fact that like, 
what your impression of that was, what is, is it incorrect? Yeah. Cause I do give a shit. And I sure. remember that show and I love those shows and I actually did extra that night cause the audience was, was so great. I did like an encore thing, which I don't normally do. So I remember the show specifically. That's not so funny. And it's I have always no like something like with, that. Yeah. No problem with the show itself. But do I have a problem with the idea that audience members who pay and come and see my show at some stage thought I didn't give a shit about them? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So if something is even mistakenly sending that message, then it's something that I like that's feedback that I'm like, well, I'll take that on board. But I will say this, if it's a show you did extra and you were funny and people were enjoying it, that person who's having that perception, they might just be having a problem with your persona, if that makes sense, because you, absolutely. you weren't no, I, absolutely. shortchanging anyone or acting like you didn't care. So you have to go, I have a perception right now. Is that what's happening? No, but I'm not right. comfortable. Oh, well, maybe I just don't like this persona. I mean, the, 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 the idea for me is always like when it comes to feedback. I'm sorry or, I wrote that on your Facebook. When it comes to feedback <laughs> or criticism is that idea of like, well, it should only hurt you. You should only let it hurt you or mm. bother you or whatever if you believe that the thing they're saying is actually true. And if you believe the thing they're saying is actually true and it bothers you that that thing is true, then maybe instead of getting upset about them, just get like fix that thing or do what it is yeah. you can do about that thing. Yeah. Uh, but if it's something that you don't believe is true, then yeah, you can kind of just let it slide and go, well, I don't believe at least half of that. But I, I'm not worried about yeah. the fact that I, you know, it was at the end of the tour. I did an extra long show. I really enjoyed those shows. I thought that went well. I, you know, generally this is like an outlier in the feedback I got to those sort of shows, you know, like whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you can't then still also go, all right, I, I, answer me this. This Okay, that yeah. got a bit serious there. So let's oh. – but I um, – I enjoy it. I – Twitter and uh -huh. you. We've talked about this a bit. Oh, but yeah. I, but I um, Twitter and you. I Twitter and you. <laughs> I, I was tweeting uh, – I was direct messaging Jen the other day mm. t telling her that I wanted her to call her next show, not, not all Jen. I, I totally would, by the way. I just didn't – I wouldn't rip off your I mean, well, you pre-existing – my pre-existing oh yeah that's right you can't do puns. it i can't do it yeah but i um i'm interested yeah. in the way that people give you feedback on twitter because this is the thing that regardless of where you fall on the spectrum of like whether you consider yourself to be a feminist mm. or where you like live and work on these ideas the one thing that is undeniable to me is that in this new place we've created, uh -huh. I can look at industries and go, I understand why that industry is still dominated by men because it was traditionally a male industry and they're moving towards blah, 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 or the system is set up in a way or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But we invented the internet within our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Like it's a new one mm -hmm. where we got to kind of like start from scratch yeah. and go – Let's, you know, yes, in the other system, it was set up by men, so it's prejudiced towards men and blah, blah, blah. But we have this new system of communication where it's like open and free. Yeah. So we'll finally get to find out what we're like as human beings. Yeah. And then I say things, and occasionally I get people that don't like them or whatever, but yeah. the daily feedback that you and most of the other women that I follow on Twitter yeah. and, the, and the manner in which you get it, yeah. I just – Feel like that's something that I would like to talk about. If you would talk, about. I'd love to. I, I have. I'm having fun with it. I'm having a, a revolutionary time in my personal life uh -huh. of feeling like I just don't care anymore what men think, and I, um, I, I just don't care, and and I don't care on so many levels that that it's really freeing. And so what I've been doing, and I think a lot of women are now doing on social media, is showing the kind of responses we get. Unfortunately, some people don't understand the, like you said, we, the, the, the heart, the, the thing behind how we're doing it. Like people are perceiving it like we're um, upset and it's, and it's, it's not a comedy argument. Like you're not funny. Yes, I am. I worked hard on that. It's not that. It's not something where you can jump in and go, screw the haters. I love you. It's like, no, 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 no. Just sit this one out if you're a fan and you don't, it's it's showing the good men who have accepted that catcalling isn't appropriate 
do you guys don't understand the volume that right. every time we do anything, even if we don't do anything, this is how people, otherwise good liberal men, speak to us. The perfect example is now the Bernie people. And I'm a Bernie person myself. I actually don't care him or Hillary. And so, and I know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into it. But I'm just saying, like, it's the most extreme example of the most liberal on every front, revolutionary people still have a blind spot with women. And I know I'm talking as a white feminist and I'm trying to be intersectional about everything. But so I just think that's what we're doing now is we're calling it out because we don't care. And if the volume, one of my favorite lyrics to a Bikini Kill song is, I'm so sorry if I'm alienating some of you, your whole fucking culture alienates me. So it's sort of like the attitude I have is, I'm so sorry if the amount of times I'm posting this is bothering you. And I've lost thousands of followers over the past few weeks and Instagram too. But that's how it feels to be me every day. And yet I want to point out, I'm not sitting at home crying, going, but this is so hard. I'm going, I go get a coffee. I deal with some sexism. I call my mom. I deal with some sexism. It just, it's part of my day every day to the point where. And most of that sexism yeah. comes from your mom. That's which what's is the so worst weird. Thing. And she's not on Twitter, so right. I can't even expose it. Well, that's why she. That- <laughs> <laughs> I just have to hint at it on a podcast. Right. Thank you for picking up on what yeah, I was trying to right. say about we'll, my mom. We'll drop in that illegal recording you did of her into this. So we'll just go to that Jennifer, now. Jennifer, you were asking for it. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. By the way, my mom's so not sexist. But uh, but um, you just reminded me. I have to call my mom. So I oh, I forgot how much you love my mom's accent or my I imitation. Do love it. Um, um, but yeah, so it's one of those things where I think women are now safety in numbers. We're doing it nonstop. I used to feel like I was doing it in a vacuum, and then people would sort of respond. But now it seems to be something has happened in the last couple months where we're like, we don't care anymore. You don't want to date us. You don't want to this us. We don't give a fuck. Like we don't care if you don't want to buy our products. We don't. We don't care anymore. There's enough women. We are. There's more of us than men. So anyway, so it's, I think it's been very fun, and and where I'm really doing it is Instagram, where I'm just putting because DMs up. Here's there. Here's the thing that happens like all the time, which mm-hmm. is this idea that uh, you know you get this kind of argument of like, well, because again insight into this is mm. only because and this is why i think it is important that like you know um you know these things are reposted because otherwise you just live your life without saying them exactly you and, do. and we live our lives without saying anything which is what we have been doing and we're like okay we know this might not be perceived correctly it might be perceived as we're victimy or whining but we just want to show everyone what we see all the time it's just like uh i, I don't know i'm just I mean, but, but we're and, doing and, it without comment, right? But but this is the interesting thing: is it it's happened for so long that women have played down these things, that they have normalized these things, that they've just kept it, like you know, yes. that they have just expected that at some stage they will get sexually harassed in the office by yeah. somebody who's like you know, blah blah blah, or they have accepted the fact that they have to walk to their car on the phone at night, like every single time, like every talking time. to their friend yeah. or whatever, or whatever it is, like whatever those things are, and. Again, I only use those examples because, like, when you see people use examples, there's like, I, again, I, I've never had to do those things. You're right. So, right. if you ha- don't do them and people aren't telling you about them, then how do people know that it's happening? And then when some, one person says it, I mean, this is the thing to me. Yeah. And I've always considered myself, I mean, we've had this conversation yeah. before, is like, I'm I'm 42 years old, guys. So like, gross, if, if, guys. If, I didn't know. <laughs> if at any stage it feels like in any of these discussions I have, that in some way I'm putting myself up on high horse, like I know. Yeah. No. No. Like I mean, I'm at this age in my life, and I'm only, I'm having a lot of these conversations. Like this shit's a revelation to me. Yeah. And I'm a person who would have considered myself to be. Like at least in my head, in the like small amount I thought about it, clearly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would have patted myself on the back and thought I was a really great bloke when it came to this sort of thing. Sure, without really ever engaging it in it a way that gave me any level of understanding. Well, and I it- felt the same way as a feminist. Like then I realized, oh, I'm white privilege. I'm this. I'm that. You know, we all have more to learn. But it's interesting where I don't know what's happening with, and I hate to generalize, but I do feel like the younger guys that are just catching on to it, like that, and God bless them, but. It's this thing of like, oh God, we have to go so deep to teach you that like, we know, like, okay, let's just say I say something about, uh, I got harassed today and someone goes, that's a compliment. And then I go, no, but you don't understand the time I was mugged. It started out as a compliment too. And it's, we see it as violence and it's never a compliment and just be quiet. Then a guy will be like, this might be of interest to you. And it's an article about, um, how women don't feel safe at night. And I'm like, oh yes, yeah, sweetie, I know I'm, 
I'm one of those people. Yeah. Like, and it's sweet, but they're kind of like the men that immediately get on board, they start teaching the women. It's like, oh guys, you're doing, you're supporting in that annoying, like, so now feminists make fun of the male feminists with their like, I think they even did a sketch in uh, that show Portlandia about it. Just like the meeting of the male feminists, like how proud they are of themselves. It's like, oh God, it's so, and it's, we don't want to be, but you know, it happens with racism too. Like the Berkeley kids getting way too excited with Black Lives Matter. It's just a bunch of white people wreaking havoc. And everyone's like, no, stop doing that in our name. So it's tough because I just want people to go, how would you like us to handle it? And then when they ask, I'm like, oh, go figure it out. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I'm overwhelmed suddenly with the way people help is also indicative of privilege. Oh, it's so I mean, it's a ball of yarn. Okay, well, the first thing is that it's all really complicated, mm-hmm. right? Yes. But I think the first thing that we've got to do is kind of like believe, if we honestly believe in some sort of equality across, and again, like, I mean, I'm a fucking white straight guy. So here we go. Here, guys. Everyone listen up. I'm going to play music. All tribes, <laughs> all tribes gather around. <laughs> We've got some, got some, got some will splaining to do. So. <laughs> Welcome to Will Splainin, my new my new I white man it. podcast where I sort out <laughs> the problems of the world. Uh, no, so um, yeah, I'm just going to do it every week live from the United Nations. I'll just be like, all right, guys, <laughs> we'll go around the room. Everyone, I have those headphones in, <laughs> getting translations. People of color and women will be asking questions. You just ignore them. You're like, I'll get to you guys. I'll get you to never you. do. Alphabetical order, guys. <laughs> Well, you know what's so funny? I I have a theory. Oh, no. No, no, no. You go first. Here's my theory is that it's almost like probably what happens in in certain forms of like people thinking, people on Fox News declaring we live in a post-racism culture because Obama got elected. I think that kids who are in their 20s now, uh, or even people my age, grew up in a world post-feminist movement. Uh And so, of course, every human with a brain is into... um, equal pay, even though we don't still have it, but, um, everyone is brought up like, of course women are equal and that's their belief. Like we're not talking about your belief. Like, of course women are equal. We're talking about, thank you for believing that, but we're talking about how in ways we're treated in culture, we're not. And so that's when people get confused. Even the nicest people come back at me. Like, I don't get what all this drama is. I believe you're equal. So what? It's like, Oh, sweetie, that's great. But I'm not because I have to think about things you don't when I leave the house. And that is a thing only you can help with on your culture side. Like someone, did I show you this thing that someone posted? Um, it's my favorite thing ever. I posted it on my Insta- Instagram. I'll just read a couple things and then I'm then I'm done talking like a loudmouth bitch. But it's 10 rape prevention tips. Have you seen this? Uh, yeah, but let's go. Uh, one, don't put drugs in women's drinks. <laughs> okay, that's that's a good one. You know what? Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Just don't. <laughs> like even like, you know what? Even if a girl wants drugs in her drink, like if, if she says, hey, I'd like some drugs yeah. in my drink and you have some drugs, here's what I would just say. Hand her the drugs. So you do it yourself, sweetie. Uh, yeah. You don't you, even have to see You know sweetie. what? Put the drugs in. If you want some drugs in your drink, put your drugs in your own drink. I mean, that's real equality, by the way. That's real equality. And number two, when you see a woman, <laughs> number two, when you see a woman walking by herself, yeah. leave her alone. So uh-huh. it's all stuff like that. Like, yeah. but my favorite one is um, use the buddy system. If it's inconvenient for you to stop yourself from raping women, <laughs> ask a trusted friend to accompany you at all times. Right. So it just turns all the things we're supposed to do on its head to maybe the we should teach the men not to uh, do that. So well, I feel I mean, like that's the next step. Okay. So I think there's like uh, the first one is a really simple one and it's weird because it is counter to the way that we were raised. Like, um, like, you know, is this idea of like, don't give people feedback unless they have asked you for feedback. Right. Right. So like, you know, it is appropriate to, you know, uh, compliment a woman on like it seems to be this like sort of thing if you're like you know if you can't catcall someone in the street they think that you're never going to be able to say a woman's attractive again like you know right if your girlfriend if your girlfriend has just come out in a new dress it is totally appropriate in that situation to tell her or if like even someone in a work situation or whatever comes in and says like i got a new haircut it's probably very like fine and appropriate to compliment them on their hair or whatever right but in like a like, I don't understand why people think that, like, so anyway, any critique of somebody, yeah. you know, should be invited. 
That's right. why in a work situation you don't like say something sexual to someone but unless they were like, you know, it doesn't mean that no one's ever going to meet in an office again and have a like fucking romance or whatever. No, but it means but, like once it gets to the point where you feel like you could say something sexual, right. it's because you and Tina have been sharing some real lunch, close lunches together and maybe she's patted your arm and she's been like, I'm looking for a guy and she describes you. I mean like, yeah, right. th- then go ahead, buddy. Yeah, but not to just that girl who's near the photocopier <laughs> no. as you walk by with Darren. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, it doesn't seem that hard. But it in doesn't. A, but in a general sense, like mm-hmm. I think with the internet and these sort of things, like, you know, when you talk about feedback to jokes or responses and stuff, mm-hmm. unless the person has specifically invited like a response to it, then. And let me say this about that, the joke thing. I'm just, I'm just jumping off of feminism. We'll jump back on. What people don't realize when they're like, I'm just giving you feedback. It's like, no, no, no comedians ask for your feedback. You know where we ask for it? In clubs. If you don't laugh, we don't just go fuck you. We go home and we think about why you didn't laugh and we analyze that we maybe didn't say it correctly and we keep working on it so that you, the collective audience, will laugh. And sometimes we drop it because you all have voted each night in different cities. That's just not funny or you're not doing it right. So I resent the idea that we don't go to the public for feedback. More than anything, comedians work in a feedback industry. Yeah. We just don't want notes on Twitter. Respectful of that like i mean you don't become a good comedian if you don't engage in the idea of trying new ideas and seeing if you can make them work in front of an audience Mm -hmm. and we do that lee i I absolutely agree with that someone who's like well you know you like i'm like well i didn't know this is a something i'm putting out you haven't you haven't paid for it this isn't like a yeah this can just be a thought this is twitter this isn't a place where they say come for good jokes like (laughs) you know what i mean like there's no agreement in that that that's what this is sometimes i will write jokes sometimes that the reason that i'm putting the jokes here is they're not good enough that i would tell them to a person in the room but i want to express that thought because that's what the app is for yeah you're not fucking paying for it like but also in a comedy room if you tell a joke and like 95 like the the weirdest one of all is like when someone like yeah has a like oh you're better than that or one of your worst or whatever but it's got like hundreds of other people going like that's my favorite joke of the day totally and you're kind of like i don't want i don't want to spend my day having to explain like write back to you to explain to you uh comedy is actually subjected but on today's vote (laughs) <laughs> I don't give a shit about you. Like this one has really landed. Yeah. I'm very, very happy with this joke. And mm-hmm. just because this idea that just because you didn't get it or didn't like it or didn't respond to it in the way that these other people did respond to it. Yeah. Like so in a club, you know, you tell the joke and one guy doesn't like it, you don't even know. You have so no idea. I can't so I can't I, I'm asking for feedback all the time from friends, from family, from yeah. people I trust. Right. But the the agreement of this isn't that everything comes with uh, like constant feedback that will be because to be honest that would just stall the creative process at the very yeah. least and also it's what we accuse networks of doing is taking the feedback yeah. of focus groups and just making things that mate I didn't ask for notes yeah that's what you should say next time I'm like I'm an auteur no notes I said no notes I'm just gonna no, treat that no, no notes. notes or I walk I'm gonna start charging for Twitter so that I can say Oh no no that would defeat the no, purpose of saying for, for you're not feed, paying for feedback. Yeah, no, say, so it's like you can pay no five dollars a month. If you, you can pay five do- if you want to give me some f- feedback. Yeah, it's five dollars a month, and I can't say anything snarky to you. There'll right. be like a thing that prevents me from writing anything bad. Back. Yeah. Anyway, but go on back. In, to in fact, I have to write this. And actually, you'd probably make a lot of fucking money. <laughs> like if you gave people the opportunity, they said subscribe, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's go a bit higher than five because I think it's going to be for a real core audience who'll really be willing to pay for it. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Okay. Twenty bucks a month, and you're allowed to give whatever feedback you oh. want on your act, and you have to write back in return oh. to show that you. You've read it, so this is the bit. Yeah, because otherwise you could just be like putting it in a fucking file and not reading it. Right. To show that you've read it, you have to write them back twenty-five words, just that gives them a like a. You don't have to change or anything. Okay. But you have to acknowledge that you read their feedback, and then you have to kind of just twenty-five words back. It does it have to? Can I use twenty dollars like a, a month? Can I use a um? <laughs> can I use like a, a static response a and say the same thing to everyone? Yeah, a template. I mean, you can have a you can have a template, but people are going to figure it out. Has after to be a while, per, has to be personalized in a couple of ways, though. Like, so you Dear don't have James, to. James, cu- thank you for your feedback. I certainly will take it under advisement, James. Dear no, Lisa, there has to be at least one. Oh. There have to be at least <laughs> one line that was specific to the letter. Mm. So you'd be like, I do somewhat agree with what you said about the pants or whatever. I would do this. I'm like buying a car in my head. I'm like, give me that money. I would totally do this. Personalized number plates of feedback. Because I would be less, not offended, but I'd be less annoyed because I'd be like, well, they're paying to say this. 
and I'm going to go buy myself a car. Well, that's what I always say about free tickets. If somebody gives me free tickets to something, mm-hmm. uh, if I did not like it, uh, I, I shut up about it. Yeah. And if I liked it, I spread the word. Uh, if I paid for tickets, mm-hmm. if I did not like it, I feel free to, like as any audience yes. member should, to say they didn't enjoy it. Right. You don't so. have to write the person of the performance you saw. I mean, you know, sometimes you'll leave a message on their Facebook page about their <laughs> alcohol problem. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Dear Bono, I didn't like... At one point you turned around and I didn't feel like you were engaging with me. Wait, what were you saying? Will explaining. You wrote something up. Oh, okay. Um uh, here's here's some starting points I reckon uh, for for men, but not just for men because as you said, there's like layers and levels of privilege. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the other thing that I think we can acknowledge is there's layers of level of privilege in various situations and within every relationship. You know, the status in every single relationship. Yeah. So no one's ever going to be unless you find the person on earth who is. The most unfortunate. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? You go and find the least fortunate person on the entire planet. Yeah. And you're like, hey, mate, your life has been pretty terrible up until now, but it turns out you can fucking sledge anyone you want. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once you get out of the ditch. You're the only person who doesn't have privilege. <laughs> it's just a head in a, in a pile of dirt. Right. <laughs> He's gay. <laughs> He's a woman, he's gay, he's straight, he's trans, right. he's every color. He's everything. And he's just a head. Yeah. <laughs> and he's poor, and his family was poor, and he has three degenerative diseases. All the diseases. Yeah. All the diseases. Um, listen, mm-hmm. believe, and have good intentions. There's my little starting This sounds like a religion point. you could start. Because I think the thing that we believe is the most important. So, but I, no, I think the first most important one is listen. He says, cutting you off. <laughs> I, I didn't say, hey, you fuck, you fucking asshole. I didn't say believe was most important. Did I? No, yes. Well, you have to um, listen before you can believe. Because you have to listen first. Yeah. You have to listen because here's the mistake you made in the past. And like where like you you didn't listen to what women were saying about things, mm-hmm. a, about the structures and the way that things were set up and yeah. the idea of like, you know, these things that were going on. Or you thought that when that one person told you about, you know, that guy who was checking her out, she's like, she always thinks that people are checking her out or whatever until you, <laughs> until you realize that it was every woman who was dealing with this shit all the time. Or you always thought that so-and-so was overreacting or being too emotional until you kind of realize that, yeah. you know, you're viewing it through, you know, a system or whatever that was set up by, you know, yeah, men in this sort of or whatever. Yeah. So, firstly, you got to listen. Yeah. But the second thing you got to do is believe people when they tell you things. You don't have to have experienced everything personally. Yeah, yeah. Like to. I think that's the thing, and it's right? it's not just men, but they they said it was a phenomenon that kind of happened after the OJ trial, and uh, it changed the way people looked at justice. Which is like, if it's not on tape, I don't believe it. And it's right. like, oh my god, there's got to be some value to people's experiences, but there really isn't. Not just in men, women stuff, but like across the boards, there's a whole type of person that just does not believe anything unless they see it, which is really dangerous. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy, this world that we live in where we just like, if you honestly believe in equality, like mm-hmm. so so often like people will say publicly that they believe in equality. Yeah. And yet when the people who are not equal say that they're not equal, there's a million excuses to not believe that, you know. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was saying. listening to. Uh, you know, they don't want, we don't want, I guess like, but those people probably don't want arguments. They want, you know, like for people to acknowledge that what they're saying is true. and then Yeah, like no one wants move to... Move forward. Yeah, like no one wants way. to argue. I've had conversations with guys that I think will be one sentence. I'm like, you know what's funny is this and that happened. And they're like, well... And I'm like, oh God, are we going to have an... I'm like, oh, forget it. If it. Look, if your tweet if your tweet reply it starts with well or actually, oh. just don't send it. Just, <laughs> just have a little thing. Put it thing. in your drafts. Just put it in there. Wouldn't that be great? If it just starts <gasps> with well or actually, it doesn't go through. Like a, a well or actually blocker. This is an... This is actually... Every guy out there who wants to s- start a tweet that either starts with well or actually yeah. or deep down starts with it, put it in your drafts. And then at the end of the week, right. see how many you have and go, oh, I'm an asshole. Right. <laughs> who appointed me official internet co- corrector? Well, it's funny. Because like, that's the first thing you've got to think is yeah. like, when did you become the internet's footnotes? Like <laughs> this person did not invite your, well, actually. 
Well, then people like, go, well, well, you're free to say what you say. I yes. go, yeah, I said it in general on a tweet. And then but you can tweet on your own thing. Absolutely. I, I'm not yeah. like, say whatever you want. You just don't have to say it on my Facebook page. I didn't say it on your Facebook page. <laughs> you know? I mean, that person who paid to see my show and thinks I'm a drunk... Fair enough. They paid for a ticket. I would love if when you and they are will that they will becomes the new opinion. like male spokesperson for feminism yeah. and like women are going crazy and he's like a genius yeah. and everyone loves him. He's going around the world. That every speech he's like and for years women have been systematically and if you're gonna go on my Facebook page and look, I might drink a little <laughs> bit, but I'm just saying I have it under control. I mean, some people are stumbling. And it just turns into like a thing about that woman. <laughs> like I wouldn't be able to remember eighty minutes of material if I was okay. drunk. I, I wore mean, sweatpants. Uh, sure. Hey, do you fly to America? six times a week I don't think so you know my I legs had bad hurt. hips and I was just wanted to be comfortable I, I thought everyone was having a really good time and to be honest I thought the way that I was dressed was kind of juxtaposed with the intensity of the room this is and you like on the I Washington was, Mall I was kind of trying to be honest to juxtapose and create an environment of familiarity and like relaxation within this giant convention hall that I was actually performing in and I actually saw millions of people walking away <laughs> just like wow he got, got bogged down on a bit of a side note. <laughs> I, uh, Wait, so comedian Eddie Griffin was saying, not that articulately, um, and that's not a racial thing. He was referring to the women that well, accused... Well, now you've made it racial. Well, of course. I just yeah, wanted to point that out. That. So it's like, well, actually, yeah. when you say articulately... He was calling the women that accused Cosby of rape bitches. Um, not bitches like they are bitchy, but just like that's his word for women. So I feel uh -huh. like even if that's normally your word for women, which is fine and fun and kicky, just maybe not the time you're arguing right. against their rape accusations. But he said... You know, like, why would you go in a room with him if if he's a known rapist? And I was like, that's why they went in a room with him, because he wasn't a known rapist. Right. The reasons you believe he's innocent are the reasons women went into his room. I you dumb fuck. Not I, you. I went into it. No, me as well, because I went into a room with him. You did? Yeah. I mean, not in this situation, clearly. Imagine no. if this, I'll, I'll reveal it now. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> That's you my big break in America. You can't keep it a secret for that long. Yeah, no, um, I went and saw him at Just for Laughs in Montreal like oh, three years ago. Oh, when you called backstage ago, to give like a comedian whatever. hang? No, I mean that I went into like a show to see him. Oh. But, <laughs> but I work in the comedy industry and yeah. I went with people who work in the comedy industry to see Bill Cosby three years ago. And from what I've learned since then, apparently most people in the com comedy industry knew that Bill Comedy was – Bill, Bill Comedy. Comedy. <laughs> Bill Comedy was. <laughs> Will has four beers and he's spilling them on the table wearing right. sweatpants. He just doesn't give a shit about I this podcast. You guys. I haven't had a drink today. I know he hasn't. And this is how I talk. <laughs> I slur all the time. I'll get back to that without woman. drinks, and I'm like, no one believes me. Like on my podcast, I'll be like, anyway, I'm like, I'm having tea. But right, it, I'm like, I, I really wanted to say back to this woman. Like it's obviously affected me in some way because I've talked about fifteen <laughs> times. But it was like, no, the alcohol actually makes me love you guys. To be honest, without it i may tire of you I, uh, <laughs> oh my god it's, you should. it's something i've been looking forward to we yeah. go we have a drink together i tell some jokes oh my god you should say that anyway yeah but you're right maybe I'm the not, people I that can, were with I can, you were i can complicit. drink at home by myself <laughs> i'm not gonna have a night off drinking to go to perth come on guys um uh, no so i mean my point being mm -hmm. that how can we expect the women mm -hmm. to have not to have known right. when three years ago somebody like myself who worked in the comedy industry who was at the biggest comedy festival in the world yeah. was going to see Bill Cosby and everyone was excited. Not one person said to me, hey, you know – like, because it's not like I would go and see Bill Cosby now. No, I wouldn't now and, and I didn't know and either so back then. so people knew then, yeah. right? But no oh, one yeah. was telling me. So no. how would the women know? No. Like and I'm in the industry. I was buying tickets to the show. Like, do you mean like how, how would they know? And a lot of them were uh, – someone told me a story recently of a woman it, – it's someone he knows. It's like – I probably shouldn't tell the story. Who cares? Uh, a friend of mine's <laughs> wife – a friend of mine's wife was The a, start of every Law & Order episode. <laughs> My friend's wife was a model as a teenage girl and Bill Cosby came to her high school to speak or whatever. Uh -huh. And he asked to meet with her because he thought she was very beautiful and he could get her into TV and get her some work. And she went home and told her dad and her dad was like, uh, I'm coming with you to the meeting. And they go to the meeting and Bill Cosby is like clearly like, oh, and the meeting is one second long. And he's like, yeah, I mean, you could probably be a camera person or, you know, I'll, I'll uh, you know, keep it up. And then like left. And then another girl from that school, also a model, had a meeting with Bill Cosby. She did not bring her father. The meeting went differently. Right. So it's like there's no way that you would know because he's 
seemingly a normal person in show business who's just saying like, hey, let's meet about your career. Who wouldn't want to have a meeting about their career? I mean, most women are like sketched out, but at that age, you haven't had that first experience yet with sketchy men. And even if you have, you're like, well, at least he's one of the good ones. I have so many friends that I think are the good ones. If you called me into a meeting at midnight in a hotel room, I would not be like, and Will's going to rate me. And ever, ever, even if you gave me three pills, I'd be like, oh, well, some new drugs. By the way, I don't do pills and Will does not give drugs away. But you know, it would be like, and then be like, how did you not think he was going to do that? It's like, I don't know, because he's my friend, you dumb fuck. Right, because this is the world you live in where yeah. a lot of the time it is, it ends up being your friend yeah. or your boyfriend or your partner or whatever it yeah. is. I mean, I think about it quite a lot, the level of trust of, you know, th- that I invite women, you know, to, to come and do the podcast, sometimes women who, you know, I mean, they oh, may true, know right. me, but they, I, I'm saying- Because hey, we're sitting here in your in bed, I'm, yeah, in my- <laughs> un- I'm undressed, and I didn't know why I had to, but- <laughs> He's being cool about it. So right, okay. yeah, but yeah, right. you come, come into your house, you sit at this table with this seductive blanket, right. the, the soft blanket that people rub. And, uh, and, but yeah, I, you're right. Right. I mean, but no one would ever, no one would ever, well, maybe they would. I don't know. But I don't think anyone well, would ever when, think when, that. Whenever I, uh, I'm on the road, mm-hmm. I'm inviting like often like, you know, female guests to my hotel room. Like, you know, as in, like you're recording the podcast to oh, in the like, hotel, oh. you know, like when I'm on the road or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So again, it, it almost becomes like maybe your apartment, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's not like you don't need to go into the bedroom. Right, but a hotel like, room is just like, here's my bed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess Will doesn't stay in suites. Right. <laughs> oh, so, it's got so sad. You guys have got a podcast room, right? <laughs> I, I, I demand like one a, every hotel I'd like I a go second to. room, but with no bed. <laughs> I'd like two stools and something I could put a recording equipment on, maybe some mic stands if you could. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it is one of those things where it's, you know, I mean, you can't. Okay, so uh, listen. Mm-hmm. Uh believe because believe's the other one like you know when you hear the you know i mean the i i I was thinking about this a lot recently in relation to like australia's relationship with our indigenous people like our national day falls on a a, on january 26th and australia day they call it although realistically it's really sydney day it's the day that you know sydney got like anyway whatever so it's not really it was never really a national day and it only became a national day really fully like in the last 60 years and then like and it, Even it, calling it Australia is what the white people called it when they got there, right? Right. Well, okay, okay. this is not the no. This is the this was not as good a day for the people who were already there, <laughs> right? Right. Like, because what you got to realize is this is the guy time the white guys came, right? And like there was all these people there because here's what the white guys did. It was really clever. They were like, uh, "It's no one here, so we're gonna have it," <laughs> and uh, no one was like, "Hey." Uh, uh, well, some of the people who were there yeah. were a bit like, hey, uh, we're here. But, yeah. but the, then the English people were like, look at him. Doesn't even speak English. <laughs> Doesn't even speak, mate. Doesn't even want to try to fit in. So he's a, he's a plant. So they called it uh, Terra Nullius. That's what they declared it, which means that nobody was living there. And for years, oh my God. for years, until like, like 50 years ago, mm. uh, Indigenous people were essentially uh, flora and fauna in Australia, the mm. people who were there, the longest surviving human beings. They were there for 60,000 years surviving yeah. on this like giant continent. Yeah. And then the English rocked up. And we're like, uh, hey, you know how everything's been going fine for you guys? That is over. I saw that exhibit in the Mel the Melbourne Museum last year, and I walked out so angry. I mean, it's crazy. Because I love the Australians. And then I walk out, I'm like, you fucks. But no, the same got, in my country too. You've got to remember, it wasn't Australians. The thing that I, I was not the first person English, to make this English, obs- English, observation, English, but English. I think it's our good starting point to talk about it. It it's was not English. Australians who did it. The English. Like, is that's the thing modern day well, it's people not the, like, Amer- It's the English who came right. here. It's I'm English, English who fuck shit up. I'm a quarter English. Yeah. But remember who it was English. It wasn't Aussies. We didn't fucking come over on a boat. Aussies. <laughs> English came over. <laughs> we wouldn't over. have been that organized. No. I know it wasn't you people. Yeah, we would have been blind. <laughs> on a boat for all that time, we would have been blind. In your that sweat is like, pants. Yeah, just <laughs> Not giving a shit about what people thought of you. Uh, in Aussies moment. would have got there. They would have met the indigenous people. They would have seen a didgeridoo, thought it was a bong. Relaxed. 
We all would have, we all would have oh, sat around. God. We would have had a great time. I love you that know? in your version, you still wouldn't have annoyed the people and their pre-existing. I mean, we would have annoyed <laughs> like we wouldn't have them, killed them, but we would have moved we here, like, have... like Australians do when we go overseas. There would have been like, like, can I stay on your couch? Yeah, we're just like, we we'll hang out, guys. You guys seem chill. I love it. Oh, I forgot my bank card, and the fees are a lot. You guys will pay for it, you right? Guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we've got to like believe these people when they tell us their stories and when, when yeah. and ask them how they think, you know, they're not looking for us to solve it. Yeah. They're, we're, they're looking for us to say, how can, you know, how do you think it can be? And a quick you know, caveat to believe, it's not even the literal as well as it is. It's not even the literal like, oh, I don't think that happened. But when someone goes, oh, this guy was doing this. It's because of his ingrained thing to look at me as an object. They're like, no, it isn't. He just thought you were pretty. I'm like, ah, that's that's not believing. Right. That's like, it's, you know, whatever it's called. It's yeah. called something. I don't know the name. Yeah. Tweet me if you think of it. <laughs> <laughs> you send such mixed messages about whether people should contact oh, you or I not. Lo- I love doing that. Yeah. And then the final one is really just have good intentions, which is like that you genuinely like that you like so for example when it comes to you know speaking about feminism or mm-hmm. whatever hopefully your intention isn't to go to everybody hey some guy like said to me like uh uh he goes oh you just love uh you know getting all those pats on the back from people by talking about uh, asylum seekers and i was like who's patting you on the back i was Have like you ever I, felt a back no pat. one ever pats me on the back yeah secondly i would not enjoy that please don't touch me without my permission <laughs> right thirdly <laughs> thirdly you don't get I mean, occasionally someone will like a routine or whatever, but the idea that there's a big market out there to be no. of you know, it's not you know, have try to have good intentions. I'm sure I guess, when I speak is, about racism, anyone of color following me is like rolling their eyes like good for her, but right. no one's like, Jen, that was amazing. Like no one can I mean it's good to do, but I'm just saying like please, there's no pats on the back and if they happen you you would be horrified. You'd be like, right. Oh no, don't uh, this is and, just common sense. And this all comes with the caveat also that I know there's a, a million other things that I don't know enough about yet that I will hopefully endeavor to know more about as well. Like you Same know, here. Right? It's not like I'm like, oh, well, I get it all now. Now it. Well, there's some people <laughs> out there like that. And it, and it frightens me that you just have to stay open-minded, I guess, right. which is part of listen and believe. The world, well, the, well, here's the thing. Like, I mean, I get it. Like the comfort of being able to just go, this is where religions come from. The idea that there's like 10 rules and as long as you live by those rules, then everything's going to be fine. What yeah. a great comfort to have like an agenda and a set of things that you can just believe. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise you have to surrender yourself to this idea that fucking life is unexplainable and we will never work out what the true meaning of it is. And every day we have to like work that out by ourselves, which yeah. I understand is fucking overwhelming like why wouldn't you want to just subscribe to an ideology or a thing or believe that your work is important or that your you know passion is important or whatever of course because like otherwise i I know we talked about this i don't have that i literally don't care couldn't care less the meaning of life don't care if anything i do is important right so why do you do it then because it's fun is that it yeah, because I'm here. I'm not, I got to distract myself from the, from the fact that I'm terrified but to why physically don't, die. Why don't you do other stuff? What other stuff? I mean, whatever other stuff. I don't know. I guess my heart didn't direct me that way. Okay. But this, you, so what, but like, I mean, comedy is pretty hard. Like why, yeah. like why know, would it. you do that if like, why, and why would you put like yourself through this idea that you have to like, you know, deal with all these like men on the internet and all these people, blah, blah, blah. Like why, why that? If there's no, mm. like why that? Because I don't do it because I think there's some meaning later. I'm, uh-huh. I, it just truly just like I feel like whatever. Uh, Why not just go to ma- yoga every day? For oh, because I don't enjoy that enough. I don't enjoy that enough. It doesn't. Uh, it, by the way, but though part of me would feels like if I had, uh, you know, as I get older and I have more curiosities and I'm aware I have less time, I don't just want to be so single minded and just do the same thing over and over. So I would like a life that's a little less work, a little more looking into hobbies and traveling for fun instead of traveling for work. But I'm not, um, I'm just not possessed by leaving a legacy or being talked about as important. I just, I really just want to get paid well, but otherwise I'm, and that's just to fulfill my human, um, you know, greed and fun. 
but I really don't care what the, like when people get all distraught, like what's the meaning we're doing this and people are dying. It's like the people that are dying would love to be doing this. So don't stop doing that for them. And also just, you know what I mean? I mean, no one in a third know, world country. I'm not sure I necessarily 100% agree. That's but, fine. But I'm when people are like, first real problem. Well, actually, Jen. Well, when I, I'm thinking of it this way, like, no one I'm gonna, in a third I'm gonna world rem- country. I'm going to remake the movie Love Actually, but it's, I'm going to call it Well Actually. And it's <laughs> oh just going to be. Do you know how funny that would be? That's right. a, that is an easily done three minute funny or die That's sketch. my funny or die. Yeah. It's called Well Actually. How funny And would it's that just be? instead of like it's men in those. Well, that movie is full of like horrible, you know, messages and I have tried to watch it 50 stuff. times it's and te- I love bad movies. It's a terrible movies. film. I'm not sh- sure why people think For that's... some reason, it's a bad movie that I can't get into because you know what is a bad movie that I'm so fucking into? Tell me. I can't believe I did this. No. Oh, is it called I Can't Believe I Did This? No, it's called, um, <laughs> it's the one with Kate Upton, Leslie Mann and Cameron Diaz and they all find out the... Oh, same guy. Oh, what's the, it yeah, called? I, I mean, I know the one you mean. They're all dating the same dude. Yeah, one is married and the two are his mistresses and they all find out and they all right. gang it, up. It was like this generation's first wives club. Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say that I, when it first came out, I was like, fuck this shit. This is so stupid. And then I was at this place called Dry Bar where they just style your hair and they had it on the TV with subtitles. Uh-huh. Not subtitles, but closed captioning because you can't hear the volume with all the hair dryers. I mean, subtitles and closed captioning are pretty much pretty the same. Pretty much the same thing. I just don't want people to tra- think it was a French they're film. They're not translating <laughs> it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so um, I. No, yeah, Kate Upton learned to speak French for this film. Oh my God, I have something to say about her in this movie. So I'm watching it and I'm like. I'm into this and I don't want it to end and I don't want to leave. And when I got home, I fucking bought it on iTunes and watched it. It was like, I'm so into this movie. You can tell that Kate Upton's character perhaps had more lines written for her. And then maybe somewhere during the filming, they were like, "Uh, okay. And they gave the lines to the other women. And she just, every once in a while goes, I can't believe it. You know, something like that. Uh Because I don't know if she's the best actor, but I do love a dumb movie. She's not an actor though either. She's like a model, right? She's a model. yeah. Yeah. But so is Cameron Diaz, but she's got the chops. She's kind of a, fun thing to watch she's more an actor than a model though. yeah she crossed over she cr- like it's hard to yeah you know, to just kind of nail both over. at the same time she- like you can be a slashy you can be a model slash yeah. actress but i feel like, like you're always one footy more camp than the other that's yes. all i'm saying it's yeah. hard to be a 50 50 in that world i reckon it's hard but i'm i've been doing great with it and yeah and uh, but no i think um i love bad movies and i've wanted to get into love actually mm-hmm. i've tried to watch it on planes and i can't get past the Hugh Grant, the girl. I'm the not pri- even judging pri- it. The prime minister. Yeah, I'm not even judging it. I'm just so bored. exploiting his power position to yeah. fuck his maid. By the way, though, I'm not even looking at it from like a smart feminist perspective. Know, I'm like, but, I'm but, just bored but for in some my, reason. But in my movie, well, actually, there's a lot of good scenes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there's that weird one. Where, oh, you, well, you haven't seen to the end, but there's mm-hmm. this horrible scene where like essentially the best man is mm-hmm. in love with... Like Kira Knightley's character, she's uh-huh. getting married to this black guy, uh-huh. and then but the then uh, the sheriff from The Walking Dead is in love with her. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> and uh, he comes to her door like day after the wedding or something, like something ridiculous, like uh-huh. you know, soon after they're married anyway, with like these signs, and it's meant to be this re- romantic scene where essentially he's like declaring that he loves her, like you know. Whatever. Oh, I saw. A picture. Of this, I saw a meme of this it's the like, other day, and it's, it's like I'm meant for you. But yeah. someone on Twitter was like, "When love is supposed to look like this, but it really looks like stalking or right. something." Right? Yeah. Because he's the best friend of the guy who just married. And does she love him? No, not really. It's oh, weird. Okay. It's yeah. creepy. Yeah. Oh, it's like that's all about him. Do you know what I mean? Like that moment yeah, you're in right. that, that character, it's meant to be this big romantic gesture. Like, you know, what's his face holding the, um, you know, the boom box above his head and right. say anything. Yeah. And like, it's that sort of moment, but it's not, it's creepy because you've just come to your best mate's place <laughs> and made an inappropriate fucking pass. You've made an Amish fucking text. You've sexted his wife in Amish. You've oh. Amish, you've done the old <laughs> Amish sext to his wife behind the old Amish sext. That's, you know, that no. might make people think harder. If you were going to sext someone, think, would right. I get a poster board and put this in marker and hold mm. it up in front of people? If I would, then I get to do it. Well, you need to go back to that. Yeah. Because make it, it harder. gives you time. Yeah, time to think. To think it through. Yeah. Because so, you've got to go down to like, you know, to like Staples or whatever. You've got <laughs> If you want to take a dick pic, get an old-fashioned camera, right. give it to CVS. What about Polaroid? No, again? you have oh, to no, have someone have to, else develop okay. it and you have to pick it up at CVS. Oh, yeah, okay. And then you have to... Then you have to bring it somewhere and get it blown up. Right. And then you have to go, I'm sending it. And then you have to go to their house. And that, yeah. that's a cooling off period. It's a cooling off period. And if you still period, want to do it then. Then you, uh, 
I, I give you credit. I mean, the most awkward bit is knowing if they're responding well. Because it, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take you a week to, I mean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just but hit it's worth the mic. It. Sorry. That's all right. It's fine. Uh, all right. So we should finish up soon. Because, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got another thing to do. He's but got a crazy a, day, you guys. I got it. Yeah. I'm fitting in some podcasts. I'm banking oh. a few up. Uh, Fofop is now going to come out on a Friday. I'm going to regular regular day. It's never had a regular day Whoa. before. So. Whoa. <sighs> It got to the end of last year where the, the podcasts were getting on top of me a little bit. And mm-hmm. because I was so busy, it was hard to kind of – so what I'm going to try to do is Fofop will come out on a Friday. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest one to do. Friday Fofop. <laughs> Friday Fofop, right? I've done like – two hundred. this will be like 237 or 8 mm-hmm. episodes. Um, so I've done the most of this and it's the easiest to do because I'm mostly at places where there's comedians. So it's the easiest one to get done. Yeah. Uh, Charlie and I are going to try to get back to doing weekly-ish uh, TOEFOPs. That'll come out on Sunday night, which is always when TOEFOP used to come out originally. And then Philosophy, which I'm going to try to do every second week for a start. Um, I'm a big fan. I love that podcast. It's hard for me to do, but mm. I do want to try to get back to doing it a bit more regularly. So what I'm thinking is because it's a bit longer normally as well and people kind of – it feels like every second week will probably be fine. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do it every second week and that'll come out on a Wednesday. So there you go. Wednesday for philosophy. Easy to remember. Fofop Friday. Fop Sunday. You just have yeah, to, you just have to do that one. Tuesday. I mean, yeah. I mean, technically that would be the best day to technically, do it. Technically, actually. And maybe. Well. well, yeah. Well, actually Wednesday. We'll be doing well actually Wednesday when we <laughs> correct. Which that, that would actually be a good Will one. actually. That's your show next year. Will actually. No, because it revolves around everyone knowing the pun well actually so we have to get that big enough by next it's always going to be huge i bet it's bigger than you know i mean this was really my year if i was ever going to call one uh netflix and will like this was the moment but it was like i missed it because i just didn't know if it would be around long enough or if people would then people would get confused ow it's only on (sighs) netflix no it's a live show you stupid fucks oh yeah all right i've already been through that with free will (laughs) oh my god i mean Wow. Why don't you call it sweatpants and beer on stage, Will? Okay, well, I oh, mean, sorry. I'm, no, I'm going to. Why don't you call it doesn't give a shit about his audience? Yeah, Will. it does. <laughs> Fuck you guys. The show. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we have a Patreon as well, uh, which is uh, a place you can support the podcast. Uh, Tofop, uh, patreon.com uh, slash Tofop is where you can go to support the podcast. Now, uh, Jen, tell people. Yeah. So this will be like five weeks from now. But oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. But you can, I'm banking a few. But if, but can you, so firstly, they can listen to your podcast, I Seem Fun. They can listen to my podcast, I Seem Fun. Jen podcast. Free on iTunes. I'm coming to Australia. Yeah. I'll be in New Zealand, Sydney, and Melbourne. Uh, hang on. So yeah. what are you doing in New Zealand? Just one show and oh, then okay. basically just a vacation by myself for a week. Okay, nice. Where, Nobody where are you me. going? Don't, you don't have to give us I the exact itinerary. Yeah. But like, uh, I'll just be on the northern okay, island. Sure. So everybody right. calm down. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know the southern one's better, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, so I'll be there, jenkirkman.com. Go yep. to tour dates, all my things. I'll be back uh, some March and April. I have a new book coming out called I Know What I'm Doing on Other Lies I Tell Myself. You can order it on Amazon. It's available on, in Australia and Amazon, in America, all kinds of places. Get it. JenKirkman.com or Twitter at Jen Kirkman. One N and Jen. Thank you. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was a good plug. Very concise. I liked it. Do you have concise? A, do you oh have, my god. Do you have a cold or something? Is that the cough? No, my asthma's been acting up lately, wow. and I'm on a special like steroid inhaler that like kicks oh. up, kicks up the breathing. Yeah. And right. I'm taking deeper breaths than I ever have, and it makes me cough. Just really, I'm probably dying. So come see me before I pass away. It's been a weird year of health issues, and I don't know what's happening. Thank you. <laughs> that was the original title of the show. <laughs> but like, Jen, we love your honesty. But <laughs> Thank you. This one feels like it's. A Does it feel sad? Is it a little too honest? <laughs> Are people bummed out? I mean, we loved. I'm going to die alone, and I. I feel fine. That's we just didn't know you were going to die this soon. Right. We this, thought it was more like about growing that, old. That one was more like a general sort of philosophy, and this one seems a bit more specific. <laughs> like you've really nailed down a little, and sometimes general's just better. Like sometimes. All right. Uh, I'll change the name to. Um, uh, yes, it's a co- it's a cold. <laughs> It's probably just the cold. It's probably just a cold. <laughs> or I'm dying. Or it's what I call the scene one cough in any movie where the person is dead by the oh, end. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, that'll come back. <laughs> it's not like this early in the movie that you didn't leave that in for budget reasons. Right, like, like they couldn't was, edit out the If it was right coughing. near the end, they might leave a cough. <laughs> but like an early cough, oh, you're dead, mate.
Ugh. You're dead. That's where I am right I'm now. I'm about to say cough. I'm gonna about to say a scene with you fucking feeling a monkey in a market. What? Well, that's what I imagine the coughs come from. They've been in some sort of exotic market. You know, there's a flashback. Oh, and I was like, there was is like that a an mon- Australian expression for like being in hospice? Like, oh, he, he went to feel a monkey in the market. Mate, you gotta stop. <laughs> you gotta stop feeling your monkey in the markets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it could be now. Um, all right. Uh, my uh, tour, my new tour is called uh, Fire at Will, uh, and it is on sale in Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney at the Sydney Opera House, April 7, two shows only, and that is over 50% sold out already. So, oh. yeah, it was good. Well done, Sydney. I was very pleased to see how well that has been selling. So uh, come and see that show. Justin Hamilton doing support. April 9, during the Melbourne Comedy Festival, is our big live TOEFOP show. It's going to be amazing. Uh, John Deeks will be hosting another edition of How Will Do You Know Charlie? Uh, and uh, Daniel Sloss has been confirmed as a guest. Uh, Justin Hamilton will be a guest Jen Kirkman will not be a guest because she's leaving before it's on but she would have been yes maybe would have been 100% maybe we'll get you to record something and we'll just insert a little Kirkman in you know what I mean like we just have a little I'm so down for that we could have like a robo Jen hologram Jen yeah like like, oh we could have a hologram Jen like the two-pack hologram at Coachella or the fact that like Ice Cube's going to get back together with NWA at Coachella and so I guess there's going to be like an easy E like hologram. Oh, that's, that's Maybe I'll we make a have. Jen mask and you can all put it over your face and then play some audio from me and then put the mask down. We could have a genogram. <laughs> that's what we'll have. We'll have a genogram. Okay. So, okay, that's good. I'm down. into that. Okay. If someone, right. someone out there can design that, Yeah, I mean, look, it. it'll be an artisanal genogram. It will be like, you know, it's old school. But uh, And then in Perth. Perth. Perth is on sale as well. Perth's not selling quite as well yet. But, you know, it's further away. Come but on, get Perth. On bird. Open up your Perthers. You know what the other thing about Perth is? I did just recently do a show in Perth. Oh, I'm sick I've, of you. I've brought Perth back into because I'm trying to do all my Australian touring at the, the same time. Makes now. sense. Uh, but... Uh, it means that I was in Perth in November Guys, and I'm back with a brand new show in May. He's got a but brand it's a different new pair of sweatpants too. Get, come on out to see him in Perth. Then I won't be back for a whole year. So that's, you know, the gap will be then. Mm-hmm. I, it might be a bit soon, guys, but, you know, buy a ticket, come along, and then I'll leave you alone for a year. I love Deal? it. Deal? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jen. You're the best. You're the best. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 